Well, what we're talking about today is how you can get the word to work mm -hmm. in your life. Yeah. And it's really something I've been meditating on since this past weekend, but largely since Wednesday. So Wednesday, for those of you who saw it, for those of you who didn't see it, this past Wednesday, the Lord unveiled his heart for souls for the people. Like it just, the entire broadcast was dedicated to reminding us of his heart and his heart is souls. And so pastor was just sharing how the Lord gave him a vision, gave him a vision of people who needed to know the Lord. I'm not going to try and recreate that moment. Go back, watch the yeah. broadcast because it's, it's one of the most profound and impactful ones that we've ever done in my opinion. And so I was just meditating on Wednesday because for those of you who watched, Wednesday like wrecked me in the best way possible. Holy Ghost just really put the nail on the head of, of some things in my life that I needed to put more of a focus on. And so yesterday, I yesterday was my day off. It's why I wasn't here at the broadcast. And I was just going about my day, meditating on the word, thinking about what God had brought up. And in that, he reminded me of back a few years ago, there was a moment in time where I had received a word from God. It wasn't my most favorite word in the flesh to have heard, but I recognized that evening that if I didn't act on the word I'd been given, so I was going to miss a moment, basically. It's not that I would lose the word entirely, but I just, I could sense in my spirit, if I don't act on this, something's going to be missed by me and I don't want to miss it. So I turned my car out of my driveway. It was late at night and the word had been that I needed to be a soul winner. And so I was in my driveway and I had that revelation come of, if you don't act on what you've heard, you're going to miss the moment. And so I pulled out of my driveway. I drove to Walmart and I literally baby Barrett, who had never really gone soul winning before, I started like chasing people down in Walmart. I'm like, someone is coming to Jesus, mm -hmm. boy, howdy. And they did, yeah. but it, it was because I, I had such a stirring in me, that word had come and it was so real to me that I knew if I'm not acting on it right now, I'm missing it. So yesterday, you know, I went the whole day, I'd gone out in public, I'd been believing for the Lord to bring me a soul like that I could just minister the gospel to when I had gone out in public before. It didn't happen that time. And so I was like, well, I tried. Like, I, I tried to go out. I, I was obedient. And the Lord prompted me of the, of the earlier story that I just shared. And in that prompting, he was like, what did you do before? When you got the word the first time, were you tenacious and you wouldn't let it go? Or were you satisfied with, I tried. And so I took my little happy butt right back to Walmart. And I was like, I'm not leaving until I am able to share the good news of God with yeah. somebody in the store. And the Lord was faithful and brought somebody along my path. Yeah. And as I was meditating on all of this yesterday, he was reminding me and just kept saying the same thing over and over, how we receive a word yeah. determines the fruit of the word that's going to come. Yeah. So if I'm receiving a word in joyful, confident expectation, and then I'm putting action onto the word, I can expect to see fruit come from that word. Yeah. But if I'm hearing it and being a hearer and not a doer, I can't have the same expectation that fruit's going to come because faith without works is dead. So here's why I've been meditating. We've got nothing but phenomenal words the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal words, phenomenal teaching, words of life, words of truth, words of power. And God was talking to me this morning, what are we going to do with them? How, what are we going to do with all that we've heard, with all that's been deposited? What are we going to do with what we've been given? Yeah, yeah. Well, this morning I was actually even looking at, um, you know, Matthew 10 when it says, believe you have received yeah. and it will be yours. And as I was looking at it, like, I feel like the Lord kind of just brought up the question, like, Okay, whose responsibility is it to give? I was like, yeah. yours. He said, whose responsibility is it to receive? Like, oh, it's mine. Yeah. Like, and, and how many times did I think it was his responsibility to give and to receive? Like, it's right. not, obviously, it's not his responsibility to receive, but a lot Our of times, like. responsibility is to sit here. Yeah, and just, and for it to just happen, you know? Like, <laughs> all sure. I have to do is let it happen. All right, God, let it happen. You know, like, no, I, I have a responsibility to receive. Yeah. You know, I have a response, and, and, what does that responsibility look like? It looks like obedience. Right. You know, it looks like, God, you gave me this word. 
you know, like as I'm listening to, as you're listening to the word today, as you're re-listening to words from Wednesday or these past two weeks or or as you're listening to the words that are coming, you know, yeah. the word for, that comes on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as those words are coming, I have a responsibility to, to reach out in faith and, and receive it. Yeah. But if I believe I've received it, that's going to produce an action. That's yeah. going to produce uh, some kind of, there's going to be a physical fruit of it. You know, because God doesn't give a word that there, that's fruitless. No, right. he, he said, my word won't return to me void, but it'll accomplish all that I sent it out to do. Yeah. The question is, who is it going to accomplish what he sent out to do? Yep. You know, because he sent out a word and it's up to us whether that word is accomplished yeah. through us and, and in our lives. You know, so he says, it won't return to me void. You know, sometimes like we, we get a word or we hear a word and it's like, well, it seems like it returned to him because I don't see it moving in my life. Right. Now, someone else probably took hold yep. <laughs> of that word. You know, like, uh, you know, someone else probably grabbed the hold of it and it and it produced in their lives, yep. you know, and it, and it produced something in them. But you might not have seen it because you didn't receive it or act on it. Yeah. And so, you know, the, as basically you can put it in the comments, it's my responsibility to receive and to act on the word that God's given me. Yeah. So that's just something that the Lord's bringing to me this morning was it's not his responsibility to receive on my behalf. It's my responsibility to take a hold of that word and to, and to act on it, to move on it. Well, and how do you know that you're in faith? You're moving. Yeah. You know, faith moves. Faith has a sound. Like Mm -hmm. that's something of all the things in the last two and a half years that I've ever heard you minister on. That was one of the most profound things I've ever heard within the first few months was that faith had a sound. Hunger had a sound. Yeah. And I, cause I'd never thought of that before. And every time I'm reading, it stirs in me. Faith has a sound. Faith has an action attached to it. When you believe, when you are fully committed to what you've heard, when you're persuaded beyond any doubt, you move, yeah. you know, if I am in belief if I'm in faith that there's money in my debit card, I'm not, and I'm hungry. I'm not just going to sit at home and say, man, I wish I could have food right now. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to go in my vehicle and drive to a store and swipe my debit card to go buy me food to sustain me. If I'm in faith, I am moving on my faith. It may not be the fullness of every single bit of it, but I'm taking steps toward it. And faith has that same action. I was reading in Isaiah this morning, in Isaiah 3, Verse 8 and then verse 10, you know, it's a compare and contrast. Verse 8 says, Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen. Why? Because their speech and their actions are against the Lord to rebel against his glorious presence. You know, that while yes, that can be, I hate the Lord, like I I won't serve him. Like that could be solely what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But being against the Lord, you know, is denying the power of God, is not living in faith. You know, faith, if we have actions, but we don't have faith attached to it, not being in faith is sin. So if I am opposing God, I'm opposing faith. And faith without works is dead. So even if I say I have faith, but I'm not putting works to my faith, then I'm actively opposing him. But for the people that will take hold of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 3.10 is our story that says, say to the righteous, it will go well with them yeah. for they will eat the fruit of their actions. Mm-hmm. Actions. Now, it's not that we earn salvation or we earn righteousness, but a marker of whether or not we have even received righteousness yeah is our fruit-filled actions. So we, the reason we can say, say to the righteous, it'll go well with them Mm -hmm. because they'll eat the fruit of their actions is because if you, if we have a revelation of our righteousness, we're going to be moving. We're going to be saying things that line up with scripture. We're going to be doing the faith-filled things. So if we're not seeing good fruit that we're feasting upon, it's, it's that moment of, well, Lord, have I even received the word? Mm -hmm. But when we have, we can move. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you receive that word, you know, like it's like planted inside of you and, and the more you receive and receive and receive the word of God, what happens? Faith is produced. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, the the anoint Christ, the anointed word, Rhema, a live word of God that that's planted inside of you. And Jesus says, 
um, Jesus says, a man speaks what his heart's full of, right? Yeah. So, like, speaking's an action, right? So, like, if I have it inside of me, if I've allowed it to really get inside of me, it's going to produce out of me. Yeah. And, and if it produces out of my words, I'm also going to reap the fruit of my words as yeah. well. So, like, um, so if I say I'm a soul winner, like, why do we declare, you know, every week, you know, why yeah. do we have the confession that says I win, we, we love righteousness, hate, wait, no, we win souls, love righteousness, yeah, hate sin. Walk in holiness and are anointed by God. We say we win yeah. souls. We make that confession. We declare that over yeah. our lives. Why? Because we want that to be what's inside of us. Yeah. You know, like a, a lot of times I'll just sit there and anytime like I can feel my flesh, like have a physical reaction towards soul winning because like my flesh hasn't enjoyed it, right? But um, what I've told myself is, no, I love to win souls. Yeah. I enjoy winning souls. And I'm committing my words. I'm, commit, I'm committing myself to, to speak that way and to so that I can begin to think that way. And yeah. as I begin to just do those things, what, what am I doing when I'm saying that? What am I doing when I'm saying, no, I love to win souls. No, I am. A, I, I do win souls. What am I doing is, is I'm receiving that word. You yeah. know, I'm receiving the word that of what I'm called to do. And I, the more I speak it, the more it becomes a part of who I am. Yeah. And then, and then the Lord begins to bring, uh, you know, those opportunities, or I begin to act on those opportunities more than I ever had, you know? So so what I'm doing is I'm receiving that and I'm acting on it with my words, but I'm not just going to act on it with my words. I also need to go out and I need to do it. You know, yeah. I can say I'm a soul winner all I want. And if I don't win a soul, I'm, I'm you know, at some point I'm just lying to myself. Hmm. But I, but I need to speak that out in faith so that it becomes a part of who I am. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it's my, if it's inside of me, it'll come out of me. If I, yeah. if I allow it to plant itself inside of me, it will come out of me. Yeah. Because that's just, that's how faith works, you know. If I, but if I'm, if I'm receiving just some morsels of faith, but then the rest of the day I'm complaining or I'm receiving bad news or I'm just, you know, receiving stuff from everything else, um, it's very easy for that, that, that seed to get just kind of muddled up. And now I'm complaining and now other things are coming out of my mouth or my actions are going differently. But I, but I, but I went to church on Sunday. Well, yeah, but did you receive it? Right. Did, are you... Are you purposing to act on it? Have you been meditating on it? You know, have you been allowing it to permeate inside of you? Like, these are some questions. Now, it's not, I don't, it's not that these things produce faith, because Jesus is the author and perfecter of my right. faith, but they are a product of my faith. Like, if I'm, if I, if I hear that word and I receive it, uh, it'll produce. Right. You know, if I, if I receive it and I purpose myself to, to work on it, it'll produce. Um, but I don't do these things to build my faith, I don't do these things to prove that I'm righteous. No, it's yeah. because I'm righteous that these things are produced. Yeah. Well, I taking soul winning, just because yeah. it's the example that we started with. And put as we're referencing scripture, put these things in the comments. Your engagement with this broadcast helps the word of God go out to other people. Yeah. And that's the whole reason we're here. You know, the whole reason that we are here today is so that the word of God could come alive, not only in our hearts, but in yours. Because we believe in the destinies that are attached to the people watching right now. We believe that you are called to do great things of God. We believe that there is an end time harvest of souls to be won, and you are part of that right now. You are part of the generation that's being raised up to win people to the Lord. And so, not just you, but those around you. So yeah. as you're commenting, as you're sharing, it helps the word of God accomplish what it's being sent to do. But as you're talking, you know, one of the things that came up to me is why, if we have heard that we are to go win souls, you know, if we've heard that that's what we are to do, the only reason we wouldn't do it is because, well, maybe not the only, but one of the reasons we wouldn't is because we don't think we can. For whatever reason, there's a fear attached or a laziness or a pride. You know, I would say that those are probably the big key things that would keep people. Yeah. I don't think I need to do this. I don't think that I can do this yeah. or I don't want to do this. Like those three things in particular. Yeah. But First John 4 verse 8 says... The one who does not know love does not know God, for God is love. It tells us in 1 John 
that perfect love casts out all fear. So if there's a fear attached to an assignment from God, if there, if you've heard a word, if we hear a word and there's a fear that's attached to that word, that means that I just haven't gotten full rhema on Mm. the Lord in that area of my life yet. So using soul winning, if there's a fear of going out and winning somebody to the Lord, that means that there's just more rhema that I need. It means that God just gets to continue to reveal himself to me more and more and more. And it's not anything I have to be ashamed of. It's that I get to know my God more. There's more of him to have. There's more of him to know. And oftentimes that fear or that pride or that laziness will kick in and say, well, I just don't want to do it. Well, no, that's your flesh talking. That's not spirit you. Your spirit, every word that God breathes, the spirit inside of us jumps and leaps and reacts and says, yes, that's mine. The only part of us that would say no is our flesh. That's it. Even our soul, if our soul says no, it's because it's been influenced by the flesh. But real you is reaching out with every single word that's saying, please act on me. Please take me by the hand. And look, maybe this past weekend, God gave you vision for a business that you're to have. Maybe this past weekend, God revealed to you who you truly are. Or he showed you, hey, it's time to prune this away. Or time to leap in here. Or time to press into me like you've never pressed in before. There is a reason that God speaks something. There is a reason that God releases something. And God releases his word when he knows that we are prepared to receive it. God doesn't waste a word. He actually tells us in his word not to cast pearls before swine so that the good things of God aren't trampled upon. When God releases a word, he releases it because he knows you're ready to hear it and you're ready to take it. Not just ready to be a hearer only, but to be a taker of the word of God. Of God and yeah. put that in the comments. I will be a taker yeah. of the word of God. Amen. So yeah. everything that's been spoken to you that God has shown you know that it's not just for you to hear it and dream about it. Yeah. It's for you to lay hold of and say, yes, that's mm-hmm. mine. I'm yeah. going to move. And even if you don't have every step in front of you, what's mm-hmm. pastor been preaching for the last month? move at the word and God will enlarge your steps underneath you. You can bet, you can take it to the bank that if God's giving you a word to go, your feet will not slip. Your feet will stand steadfast and he will enlarge your steps underneath of you. That's what God will do. Yeah. Amen. Uh, And Levi put, put in the, he put in the comments, he was like, uh, sorry guys, I missed it. But what is Rhema? Uh, Rhema, you, it's, it's a word that means word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like you have two Greek words when you're reading the Bible for word. And you got logos and rhema. Is, is it only two? I think, I don't know. There's sure a lot that. for love, but I'll just give you those two. Logos and rhema. Logos is like the written word. Like the written, but say to the righteous, it will go well for them. But that logos, that is an alive word. That's when the spirit himself yeah. <laughs> enters himself yeah. in and all of a sudden, boom, like it hits you. And you get a revelation of yeah. it. And the Holy Ghost, like whenever, that's what, you know, when pre, when an anointed preacher is coming. Yeah. And as he's preaching, all of a sudden, something just, it hits you and it becomes yeah. alive in you. Uh, all of a sudden, you get that revelation. That's what a rhema word is. Yeah. So, uh, so as we're, you know, like, like you recognize it because it brings revelation. Yeah. It brings faith. It boils you up to a point where you're yeah. like, yes, I, I see it now. I can understand it now. Um, and I see all the people saying, I'll be a taker of the amen. word. Amen. I'll be a taker of the word. Uh, amen. I, so, you know, that rhema, it's when God inserts himself and you're like, yes, I, I'm taking that yeah. now. You don't want a rhema word to come by and go by. You no. know, you don't want it to go over your head or fly past you. But And, and honestly, for me, a lot of times it's gone over my head because I've been in my head. Sure. <laughs> um, and, I, and I need to fully understand that, though, before I receive it. No, just let your spirit... Soak it in and, yeah. and receive it. So, uh, but, but, you know, when God gives us that word, we need to take a hold yeah. of it. And we need to take, and, and how do we take a hold of it? By, by receiving it by yeah. faith and then acting on it. God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to act on it. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to just let this fall to the ground. It's, yeah. like, it's like Isaiah. Well, we're, I mean, we're in Isaiah. But, you know, Isaiah, whenever... He heard God say, you know, who's going to go out 
for, you know, and speak to my people. Yeah. He said, here I am, Lord, send me, you know. Yeah. And that was after he got, had a, you know, he, first off, he had a revelation of his unrighteousness because yeah. he's like, oh my gosh, I'm a man of unclean lips, I'm going to die. And then, but then they put the, the yeah. fire on his, on his lips. Um, the very thing that he says, w- said was unclean and, and he was purified. All of a sudden he, you can, you can see the shift because now he has a revelation of his righteousness. He's yeah. in the throne room of God and he's like, oh, here, God, send me, <laughs> you know, yeah. God, t- let me go. Let me go and speak on your behalf. Um, and as he went, the anointing was there and, and yeah. he carried that anointing, but he acted on the word. He, he took that word and he acted on it when God yeah. said, okay, go, you know, yeah. and, and he, and he goed. Well, honestly, that story is yeah. one of my favorites, and it goes hand in hand with a verse that I was going yeah. to reference later, but it fits now. You know, in Isaiah 2, um, in verse 10, he says, enter the rock and hide in the dust. Now, he's talking about, like here, he's talking about the judgments that are about to come mm-hmm. upon Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, and so he's saying, okay, look, for my righteous people, here's how you escape that. You enter the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. You know, if you're in the midst of a situation, what do you do? You enter into the rock. Now, there's a literal translation of that, like go into the caves. And if like a rock landslide comes by, it's not going to knock you off. But what came up to me as I was reading this is in Isaiah 51.1, the Lord is also talking and says, look to the rock from which you've been carved out, from which you've been hewn. The Lord is our rock and our sure foundation. (laughs) So when he's saying here, enter the rock, it's not just a physical rock. He's saying, enter into me and I will guard you from any instability. Enter into me and I will keep you from destruction. If you're in me, there is no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper. And you tie that into Acts 17, 28 that says in him, we live and we move and we find our being. If you've got a word and there's stuff coming that makes it look like it's about to knock you off course, you know what you do? You get into him how does the word come to pass in your life we get into him and if we're in him there is no thing that can knock us off ground because in him we're protected from any weapon that would try and come against us and in the story buddy just talked about in isaiah 6 when i mean i'm just gonna read it isaiah 6 it's talking about you know in the king of uzziah's death isaiah saw the lord sitting on a throne lofty and exalted the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said, woe is me for I'm ruined. You know, what is Isaiah seeing? He's seeing a vision of God that is bigger than he is. He is receiving something that seems larger than he is, that is larger than he is. And his flesh's first reaction is, God, I'm not even worthy to be hearing this right now. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. It's it's no different than, than if God has spoken to us and says, son, it's time to be a soul winner. And our flesh's first reaction is, I can't, I'm not good enough to do that. Don't you know what I did just last week? Don't you know who I've been? I can't go do that. Find someone else, Lord, that's more worthy. Oh my gosh, it can't be me. The vision of God will always be bigger than you. Put that in the comments. The vision of God will always be bigger than me. It will always be because God is always bigger and his thoughts are always higher than my thoughts. Mm -hmm. But here's what happened. God did not smack Isaiah upside the head and said, get it together. No. It wasn't like, oh, you know what? You're actually right. Yeah. You, you shouldn't be here. Zap. I'm going to go find someone else. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. No. Isaiah says, woe is me for I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He's listing out all of the yeah. logical reasons why what he's seeing should not be happening. Yeah. Why it can't happen, won't happen, whatever. 
What does God do? He doesn't say what Buddy just said. He doesn't zap him. He doesn't punish him for having the thought. Mm-hmm. He brings a solution. Yeah. And, he, and then one of the seraphim, Isaiah 6, 6, one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. See, when we view the word and we see the problems, all God sees is a way to make it come to pass. God sees potential in you. Mm -hmm. He sees that you can. He sees that you will if we will enter into the rock. Yeah. If we'll enter into the rock, yeah. just like Isaiah did, flaws yeah. and awe, God sees our flaws and yeah. he raises us a savior. Mm-hmm. God yeah. sees every shortcoming yeah. and he raises us the blood of Jesus and yeah. says, your move. Yeah. It's literally, we're at a point right now with the word where it's your move. It's yeah. my move. God yeah. has done everything that needs mm-hmm. to be done in yeah. order for us to move at the word. It's yeah. our move. Yeah. And that's why Isaiah, what you were referencing earlier, that's why the very next move he made is when God said, who's going to go for me? Yeah. Who, You know, in Isaiah 8, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah immediately did a 180 and said, here I am. I will go. Yeah. Send me. Yeah. Your word is not too big for you. Yeah. It may have been too big for me in my flesh, yeah. but I will go. Yeah. yeah. I will go. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of, um, and I know I've shared this before, but... Um, whenever I was like new to the ministry and stuff like that, I got real discouraged. And yeah. I'm like, Lord, I don't trust myself to do this job. <laughs> I was like, I don't trust myself to be able to, to do this. Yeah. And uh, and he said, you don't trust me? And I said, no, 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 I didn't say that. I said, I don't trust me. Right. He said, you don't trust me. Right. I was like, I was like no, no, God. <laughs> I said, I, I didn't understand that if he repeats himself that I'm probably <laughs> missing it at that point. I, I've grown. But um. <laughs> But I'm like, no, 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 Lord. I said, I don't trust me. I didn't say I didn't trust you. I said, I don't trust me. And he said. Maybe you just didn't hear me well, Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you're he, distracted. He, and, uh, and he said, who put you here? Yeah. Like, who, who assigned you here? I'm like. Yeah. You did? <laughs> He's like, do you trust me? You right. know, like, like I didn't recognize that by me saying that I can't do it. Yeah. That I, I can't do, you know, this job or I don't trust myself to do it. Well, he trusted me to do it. Yeah. So I. Well, honestly, I thought I was in humility. I was in pride. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, God, I don't trust myself to do this. I don't, I don't know if I'm adequate enough to do this job. And God's saying, I'm the one who put you here. So if you don't think you're adequate enough, basically you're saying that I missed it. Right. And God, and God didn't miss it. You know, God, God doesn't miss it. Uh, we can. Right. But God was so merciful. He was like, you don't trust me? I was like, no, 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 God, I don't trust me. But what he was, the, the point that he was bringing out was, was this. If I put, put you here, I fully equipped you to, yeah. to accomplish it. If I've called you to be a soul winner, you have everything you need to accomplish yeah. it. And to say I can't is to say you're wrong. Right. Because if he commissioned us to win souls, if he commissioned us, whatever he, he's commissioned or, or whatever word he's given us to accomplish, all the supplies there to accomplish right. it. And for us to be like, no, I don't think I can do that is to basically say, God, I know you said I should do this, but I don't actually think you're right. Right. You know, I don't, you know, I know you said I should, but I, like, I don't think you've equipped me. No, I'm putting more trust. Here, here's the, the issue is if I'm doing that, I'm looking at me, not him. I'm looking at my ability, not his ability. You know, I'm looking at, can I do it when it's not like you already said? And like the people put in, like the people, like everyone put in the comments, the vision's always bigger than me. Yeah. So if if the vision's bigger than me, I can't look at me. Yeah. If I'm looking at me, I'm just going to get discouraged and then I'm going to fall. You yeah. know, or I'm going to uh back out or I'm going to wonder why why is this so hard? Why is this so difficult? Yeah. It's cuz I'm looking at me and I'm trying to do it in myself. But yeah. if I if the vision's bigger than me, I I should not try to accomplish it myself. Right. <laughs> you know, I should look up and say, "Okay, God, send me." Help me, empower me, equip me. Because the very next thing that God did was when he said, here am I, send me. Uh, God didn't say, are you sure? Right. Like, do you really want to do this? No, he said, okay, go tell the people. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, go tell the people. And he gave him right then the word to, to give to the people. He, yeah. he gave them the empowerment. He gave them the word. You know, he gave them, like, because it was all from him anyway. So, so if I want to accomplish the word that God has given in my life, I can only do it in him anyway. Yeah. So I need I need to trust in him to empower me to accomplish that word. Yeah. Because if 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 I'm looking at him, uh, he's always leading me into triumph. Yeah. If 
but he has to lead me in it. So, and we were talking about this yesterday, you know, being led by God. But he will empower me to triumph. Mm -hmm. I just got to look to him, not to myself. Because when I'm looking to myself, I'm going to get discouraged. It's going to be hard. It's going to be heavy. But if I'm looking to him, it'll be easy and light as I'm doing it his way. Well, and God is bigger than any mistake that we could ever make. And often when we've done what you were just describing and we've looked at ourselves, it's the word's been up to us. The fulfillment of it is we've thought that the fulfillment of it is in our hands. But God's not looking for us to fulfill a word. He's looking for us to partner with a word. If we will apply our faith to the word, God is then able to bring the increase. You know, and put that in the comments. God's not looking for me to fulfill a word. He's looking for me to partner with the word. And one of my favorite examples of that time and time again is Abraham. You know, God released a word to Abraham. God or God told Abraham, you're going to be a father to many nations. Mm-hmm. I'm going, you know, you're <laughs> as many as the stars are in the sky. Mm-hmm. So will be your generations. Yeah. You know, your lineage is huge. Your yeah. destiny is huge. He was to be the father of faith. And yet Abraham, you know, it t- even though God, for God, God wiped it as far as the east was from the west. Yeah. Abraham missed it. Mm-hmm. And praise God, he gave us the word to show us yeah. Abraham missing it. Because it also, for me, that makes that story a story of the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And even though I, yeah. in my natural flesh, have fallen short in times past, God doesn't fall short. So Abraham gets the word of you're going to be a father to many nations. He, you know, what else does Abraham do? Okay, Sarah, I want you to pretend to be my sister because I think people are going to, like, kill me to get you. Mm-hmm. So it, it, go have fun be the queen's wife for a little bit. You know, um, yeah, I'll, Sarah, I'll Be listen. the king's wife. Huh? Be the king's wife. Yeah. You said the queen's wife. Oh, yeah, sorry, the king's <laughs> wife. Either way, it's really bad. But, <laughs> but you know, Sarah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll listen to what you say, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go hook up with Hagar. So that way I can make Ishmael. That's probably how I'm supposed to partner with this word. It's not logical that you and I could get together and actually have a baby. I probably need to go make this happen on my own. Yeah. No, both of those are very big misses that Abraham made. And yet God redeemed it. He didn't take the promise away from him. He saw that Abraham logically followed a logical wrong step. And when Abraham saw it and quickly repented, God put him right back on the path to the fulfillment of the promise. Every single time it happened. And you see in Romans 4, 18, I'm going to read it in the King James Version. It says, talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Verse 19 And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, which was now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider, you know, even though in the flesh he for sure did, his quick repentance, his quick repentance kept him in this place. Yeah. Lord, I'm not considering that anymore. And maybe that's been you. And you've been a person that you've considered your circumstances. You've looked around yeah. you. You've taken the wind and the waves into consideration. What do we do? Quickly repent. Yeah. And then immediately do what, our, what the father of faith did. Yeah. Consider not. Consider not his own body. Consider not the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He was strong in faith. He gave glory to God. Yeah. And he being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was also able to perform. Abraham, despite his flesh trying to have shortcomings, Abraham time and time again went back to the Lord and said, no, God, I'm not considering that. I'm considering you. No, God, I'm not going to walk there. I'm walking with you. Mm -hmm. No, God, you are my answer. And if you promised it to me, Mm I will see it come to pass. What God told me this morning, and I believe that he wanted me to share it today. If there's a word, there's a way. 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 If God's given you a promise, 
he is faithful to fulfill the promise. Yeah. He's faithful. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the verse that was coming to me earlier. He who began the work. Yeah. He, not me, he yeah. will bring it to completion. Yeah. You know, so if he began that work, if he, if he called it, if he said it, he's the one who will bring it about. Yeah. He, he's the one who will bring it to a pass. We just need a partner with him. Yes. Okay, God, what are we doing? How's, I, I know this is going to work. I know it's going to work out. Show me what to do. Show me what my part is. But I'm partnering with this word, yeah. and I'm going to see it come to pass. And not through my actions, but through me partnering with that word. God, you're going to bring it about. Yeah. You're going to bring it to pass. Because if it's our actions that produce the fruit, it, then we can look at ourselves and boast in ourselves. See, yes. I did it. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this. You know, where, where God's given a word and stuff like that. I'm like, see, it was my faith that produced this. It was... It was my action because right. I did it right, and that's why this thing is working out. Uh, no, because then it started to stop working whenever right. I started getting to that place, you know, because I stopped looking at him, and I was looking at myself. Praise God I didn't get consumed with worms and die, but, you amen. know, <laughs> amen, hallelujah, praise God, because that happened in the Bible. Um, but, like, I, uh, but I need to recognize, no, he's the one bringing it about. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's all in him. I'm more than a conqueror. Through Christ, yeah. you know, I can do all things through Christ. You know, he always leads us in triumph in Christ. It's his, it's all in him. He's the one who's doing it. He's the yeah. one producing it, and he's the one bringing it to pass. You know, even my faith, he's the author and perfecter of my faith. Yeah. So I need to be just putting my full my full trust in him, my full hope in him, my full, my full joy in him. And when I do that, I can trust, hey, because now I'm no longer looking at the flesh. Right. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 6 says, The mindset on the flesh is death. So if I keep looking at my flesh and my ability and all those things, or if I keep looking at my, my flesh and how good I think it is, yeah. you know, that's just going to lead me to death. That's going to lead me to dysfunction. It's going to lead me to, to pain. It's going to lead me to missing it yeah. more often than not. And, and ultimately, it'll lead to death. Um, but if my mind is set on the spirit, that's going to produce life and it's going to produce peace. Yeah. So when it comes to soul winning, if I, my mind is set on the spirit, it'll produce peace in, in, in the midst of it. Yeah. You know, if I'm looking at my flesh or, or a fear of man or different things like that, that's just going to produce death. Yeah. But, but if I'm focusing on the spirit of God, empowering me to do everything and to be accomplished and to accomplish all that he's called me to do, uh, whether that person receives it in that moment or not, or a seed's planted, or whatever it looks like, yeah. even in that moment, if I'm if my mind is focused on the Spirit of God, it'll produce peace yeah. in that moment. Well, and for me, going back to like for what had come to me when I was even beginning to meditate on this, delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. The only thing that pleases God is full obedience to him. And what is that full obedience? Faith. That's what pleases God is our faith. We have to be quick to say yes to the things of God and say no to the things that are trying to ground us yeah. in the logical, natural realm. Why would God have released a word like what he released this past Sunday and released this past Monday here on the broadcast about how does revelation come by the anointing? Because it, when God speaks a word, it's not up to us to logically process it. It's up to us to move on it. Yeah. And what I, we have to have a word. You know, if I'm moving outside of a word, it opens me up to danger. And if you only have a partial plan right now, only a partial word, don't move till you have the fullness of it. You have the Lord reveal to you the fullness of what he's wanting you to do yeah. before you move. But then when you get that, move. You know, the pastor was sharing the story about Peter this past Monday, about Peter, like, lopping off the guard's ear. And yeah. this wasn't his point that he was bringing up. But as soon as he mentioned Peter, the Lord revealed to me, Peter, when he cut off the guy's ear, was moving without a word. So that was, that was his action. He moved because the word was not there. But then where did that action lead him? He moved without a word. Moving without a word opened the door to offense. The door to offense caused him to deny the Lord. It's not a small thing to move without a word. It opens up a door, can open up a door to destruction. Because if God's not authoring it, God's provision isn't in it. But the reverse is also true. 
if we have a word from God, we hear his voice, we know what he's telling us to do, and we move at that word, the fullness of protection is in it. The fullness of provision is in it. And so if I have something from God, I don't need to delay. Yeah. I don't need to delay on that thing. If God's given me the what and he's given me the when, yeah. I need to move immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hold off. I don't need to wait until circumstances look better. No, the word tells us that everything I can physically see with my eye is subject to change. Yeah. Everything. So if I'm taking in what I can see as reasons to either move or not move, I'm unstable immediately because those are shifting, shifting sands, sinking sands. My only requirement is that I have gotten the word and it's been confirmed that it is indeed the word of God. I have the what and I have the when. And then I go. Even the rest of the questions, the how, God will show you how as you're moving. Yeah. The why, doesn't really matter. God mm-hmm. said to. That's my why. I love him. Where? God will show me where to go. Abraham, go. Where? Go. There. <laughs> that direction. Yeah. Just go. Yes, sir. Walk, I will Walk go. into the woods. But go look at how quickly that obedience <laughs> yeah. turned into massive, pro- mm-hmm. not just provision, but massive lineage for his family. Yeah. You know, it turned into generational mm-hmm. blessings that yeah. we're reaping now yeah. because one man heard a word, partnered with the word and moved. And even though in the flesh he didn't get it all right, God made up the difference. Yeah. And God making up the difference means that we are still reaping off of that harvest today from yeah. one man's partnership before Jesus. Yeah. What can one man's partnership with a word with Jesus mm-hmm. accomplish today? Yeah, good. Well, and, and you also got to think about like Abraham himself, you know, as, as he's stepping out in obedience, you know, it's not just him on his family on the line. It's not just him and his wife. Mm-mm. He's got, he's got like dozens of servants yeah. and their families. And like, I mean, like but by the time him and Lot, and yeah. Lot gets captured, he has like, I think 317 or something like that people with him. So when God's saying, hey, I want you to go out, like, it's not just him and his wife, right. you know, like there's a lot more people that are dependent on, on them and yeah. their abundance and prosperity and stuff like that. But when, when, so when God gives you a word, it's not just going to benefit you, you yeah. know, see, see if he stayed where he was at, they would have all had mediocre lives, right? maybe even less than mediocre lives. I don't know, you know, but, but when they moved on the word, very quickly you see, yeah. and then he was blessed with an abundance of prosperity yeah. and prosperity of livestock and gold and silver and all those things. And all the people with him, uh, they thrived because of it yeah. too. They not just not just uh, financially, but they thrive mentally with their in in their warriorness. I don't know if that's a word. It's not a word, I like but it. you know. But they they were all mighty people, mighty men. You know, like to be able to go against th- five armies. And still, and and basically be fine. Yeah. You know, uh, with a very small number of people, they were blessed by his obedience. So whenever I take the word of God and I act on it, uh, that doesn't just produce a blessing in me. It doesn't right. just benefit me. Praise God, it does. But the people around me now get affected by it. Yeah. You know, my hunger and my my just going after God, it'll produce uh, it, some of that in other people. Now yeah. it'll it, it'll expose some people's lack of hunger and they might try to stop you. You see that with Bartimaeus. Yeah. But like but whenever I whenever I'm acting on the word of God, it's going to produce some th- it's going to spark something in the people around me as well. It's going to cause them to be like, "Oh, look at that. God did that in their right. life." Oh man, I can't believe in cessationism anymore because because you know, obviously you can't deny the fact that that tumor disappeared. Right. You know, like or that that person that hasn't walked for 40 years is suddenly walking and leaping and praising God. Yeah. You know, things like that. So so it produces in me a great fruit, yeah. but it also begins to open other people's eyes and produce fruit in them. Yeah. Like Elijah's faith or Elijah's faith, Elijah, Elijah, one of those two, their faith uh, to, to be able to say, God, open their eyes, you know, to, to the servant, all of a sudden, the servant's eyes open. He sees all these thi- yeah. all the, the, the chariots of, of fire lining up around them. All of a sudden, his faith is lifted because of Elijah, Elisha's faith, you know, Elijah's faith, you know. So, so like, my faith and my ability and my desire to, to act on the word of God will, will not just affect me, but it'll affect the people around yeah. me, too. Well, and what... I was going to say, as we're coming to a close, we'll just be like, <laughs> Lord, 
but what had come up to me as you're talking, the Lord, I believe, wanted me to share something really fast. You know, I, I've i been in North Carolina now for nine years um, this past August. So just last month was my nine years of being here. But I could have been here much earlier than that. You know, I moved, or I moved in 2013, but I came to North Carolina in 2012 with Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. and Sister Carolyn. We came and we put on a tent meeting here in Albemarle. That's when I met Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole. And the very last night of the meeting, God told, well, God told Pastor to say to me, if you're ever feel if you ever feel led to come to North Carolina, give me a call. That's pretty much all Pastor said to me the entire week I was here. But in that very quick sentence, something jumped in me. Now, I was very young. I didn't understand the things of God, but I knew that there was something different in it. So Pastor and I talked that night on Facebook Messenger. We talked on the phone the next day. And what had happened in is that I God was calling me here. But I thought that I was called at another church back up in Maine. And I was planted in that church. And again, I was very young. But I should have, should have asked questions. I should have recognized the stirring that was happening in my spirit. But what I did is I got scared. I got scared of what will happen if I move. What I was looking at was, God, I have so much here I am in such an overflow of blessing right now in my own perspective. I am so blessed that what will happen if I leave? I don't want to give this up. I was comfortable where I was. I was in my, I was serving the Lord and I was seeing great things happen, but I was scared at the root of it. Taking everything else aside, I was scared to make that move because I had finally found God. You know, I was, I had hungered for him. I had desired him. And I was finally seeing some of the fruit of that in my life. And I did not trust God. I didn't think it could get better. So I basically, I called pastor in January. I moved in August, but I called pastor in January and told him, don't wait for me, basically. Like, don't make any plans surrounding me. I don't, I don't know if the Lord's calling, telling me to come, and I don't know if he's ever going to tell me to come. I knew. Like, I, I, I knew that I was supposed to be here, but I was scared of the vision that was bigger than me. I was scared of what could be in this hand when I saw what was in this hand, and what was in this hand seemed so good. And I basically, in ignorance, said, no, I can't do that. This hand blew up. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Everything in this hand blew up in the worst ways. Like, it just, it, everything that had been going well tanked and burned and exploded in a flaming fire of bad. Like, it was, it was not good. And as it was doing that, the call was still there. See, God is so merciful. And there's a point that I'm going to come to But God was so merciful that he had not shut the door on the plan that he had for my life. He didn't say, ah, you missed it. Good luck. No, it was still there. And so I reached back out to pastor and immediately that call was still there. And I saw it again. And praise God, I had learned something in those period of months. And I recognized I can't afford to say no to him anymore. And I quickly said yes. I quickly did everything I could to get here. And since being here, God has blessed me exponentially. What I thought was blessing there was like a drop in a massive bucket compared to the goodness of God that's available to me now. Praise Jesus. And here's why I believe you wanted that brought up. Maybe it's not you got a word this week. Maybe you got a word a year ago, two years ago, months ago, and there's been delaying on it. And you just, for whatever reason, fear tried to come in and tell you that you can't do it or it's not going to work or, or what, whatever the reason is. It doesn't really matter. I believe the Holy Spirit was telling me to say, it's not too late. God's giftings and callings are without repentance. God desires to see your destiny fulfilled. No matter how much time you may have squandered on something else 
or in fear, you ran from it. God is still God, and he still desires to be found by you. He still desires you to take him by the hand and watch his goodness manifest in your life. God wants to see you blessed. And so I believe I'm here on assignment right now to tell you it's not too late. Not too late. You can pick him up once again and say, God, I am sorry I ever let you go. I'm sorry I ever feared. But here's the thing. God's hand was extended the whole time. Even if we dropped his hand, he didn't. He is the faithful partner in this equation. He's the one that can't be stopped. He's the one that will never quit you. His hand is reaching out for you today saying, will you trust me? Will you take me by the hand? (coughs) Take me by the hand so that I can show you how good life can truly be. Yeah, like that's who he is. That's his heart. His heart is to bless us. His heart is to be merciful towards us. I mean, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So all of that stuff, all the missing, all the delaying, all those things, all we have to do is turn to him and repent. God, I'm sorry, but he's not faithful and just to rub our nose in our mistakes. You know, that's not who he is. Um, He's faithful and just to forgive. He's faithful and just to be like, hey, I'm going to throw it all aside. I'm going to forgive it. You know, I'm going to cast into the sea of forgetfulness, right? And then he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So anything anything in us that that might have affected, he's faithful and just to completely wipe that completely out of you. Wipe it free. Wipe wipe you clean. Not just like smear wipe, like like a full, just any, like a Holy Ghost, like all the way down into the depths of the pores of anything that might have, you know, been wrong completely cleanse you of all there's nothing left nothing lacking nothing yeah. broken all unrighteousness and when he does that i can put on faith okay now i am completely righteous and i can move forward in that yeah. in in righteousness god will give me the next step yeah. in righteousness god will show me what to do in righteousness yeah. god can redeem all that time that was lost in righteousness and so i can come boldly before that throne to receive grace and and grace to help in that time. Yeah. So so all we have to do, you know, and and once we recognize, hey, I've been running from mm-hmm. this, you know, maybe like it's like Jonah right. with Nineveh, right? He was running and then, you know, things weren't working out too well. Um, but the second, you know, the second he's in that the belly of that fish, you know, and he turns, all of a sudden, God's directing right. him in the right direction. He's spit up on the the you know, it's a little messy, but, you know, he's spit up on the, on the beach and he's able to go to Nineveh now. And he's so anointed, and he's so anointed that the entire evil, wicked city turns and yeah. repents, you know, instantly, you know, like that's, that's revival right there. Yeah. You know, that's like an anointing right there. And yeah. God anointed him to carry that. Um, but what happened? He repented and then God sent him. God yeah. gave him that instruction. Like, cause, cause recognize like, after he repented, like, it's like, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? He didn't, Jonah didn't instantly say, okay, I'm going to run back and do it again. No, right. God said, now go to Nineveh. Right. God gave him the instruction again. He gave him a new command. It was the same command, but it was a new command. And with an, a new word and a new anointing. Yeah. Um, and all that unrighteousness from that old word that he might have accumulated from running away, God gave him a new word yeah. with a new blessing and a new Amen. anointing that he can carry out and be, and accomplish all that yeah. God called him to do. So as we repent, as we say, hey, God, I missed it, he's going to give you a word. He's yeah. going to give you a word. He's going to give you a word because <laughs> like, that's what he does. You know, He's not going to be like, okay, but but because you missed it, I'm going to be silent for at least six months right. or, as you work on yourself. Right. No, he's going to give you a word, and he's going to empower you to, to work on some yeah. of those things. He'll empower you for that, but he'll give you a word. And as you apply that word, there's going to be a grace and an anointing on it to accomplish all that, you, that God tells you to yeah. do. And yeah, and I know that we've mentioned a lot about a default of fear, but here's the other side of it. God is also okay with you trying and it being incorrect. We call that noble failure. So that one of the things here in the ministry pastors taught us to do is we celebrate 
noble failure. And for me, one of the biggest examples of this in the Bible is Peter. It's why I have such a heart for Peter. I'm so excited to meet him when I get to heaven because I'm going to be like, you gave me so much hope. (laughs) But truly, you see Peter and he so passionately desired to please God that he just moved. He moved. Like you read through and sometimes it's like, oh, good job, Peter. And then lots of other times it's like, oh, Peter, shush your mouth. Stop talking right now. But he was trying. He was trying to be a good disciple. He was trying to do what he thought he was supposed to be doing. Did he have it all right? No. But he was the first one that leaped off the boat when he saw Jesus. After having denied him, he took all he had and left everything else behind him to go pursue God. And Jesus didn't punish him. He corrected him when he needed to. You know, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Peter. You're saying something dumb right now. But who was it that God, through the Holy Ghost, entrusted the first act of God, like really the first partnership with the Holy Ghost in man to come through? Peter. It was Peter that he entrusted with the word of the Lord that caused 3,000 men to be saved in one moment. It wasn't anyone else. It was Peter. God trusted Peter because Peter had proven that his heart was to tend to the sheep, was to feed the sheep, that even if he's wrong 10 times, he's going to go for the 11th. He didn't allow a knock, a blow of missing it because he tried. No, he received God. And God empowered him to do the impossible. So here's the thing. Whether a fear's tried to be there, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe as we pray that any fear that would try to be attached in your life and on your assignment to be broken in the name of Jesus, including fear of moving. But also recognize that your passion is not bad. It's okay to be passionate and try You know, even on this broadcast, there's something that even today, you know, in my passion, I handled a little bit incorrectly at one point throughout the whole of the broadcast. God's not rebuking me for it. He's saying, I know, keep going. He's redirecting. He's redirecting me personally, something that I need to try doing better. It's not woe is Barry or woe is buddy, you know. You see us do lots of things incorrectly on this broadcast. Please don't go back and rewatch like the oldest ones. But, you know, there's lots of things that we've handled incorrectly, but we've done it through a passion of pursuing God. And God's not faulting us for any little thing that we've missed along the way. He's saying, keep going, keep going. So even if in your passion to pursue the Lord, you've missed it along the way, get back up. You can get back up. And God can anoint you and empower you to not make the misses again. God is a refiner, and he will teach you time and time again how to handle this word correctly. He just requires your partnership with it. If you'll take him by the hand, he'll lead you to triumph every single time. Every single time. You can take it to the bank. Every single time. So today, we're going to pray. And as we pray, we expect not just today— But for today and beyond, for the goodness of God to overtake you, for his blessing to be yours, and for fear to be broken entirely in the name of Jesus, Lord, I command in the name of Jesus for assignments from you to be blessed and prosper now in the name of Jesus under the anointing. I call for every assignment of antichrist agendas to be broken now. Let the assignment of fear not prosper one bit. Let it return back to sender. Let Satan tremble in his boots as the people of God arise in the fullness of who they're called to be. Lord, in the name, I call them blessed and prosperous. And just say this with me, Jesus I receive your anointing. I receive your empowerment. I ask you right now, fill me today with the Holy Spirit and fire. Burn out anything that's not of you and leave only you remaining in me. More of you, less of me. 
Father, more of you in their lives, homes, families, children, everywhere they go. Blessed of God be their testimony in the name of Jesus. I call words to be brought back to life and back to the remembrance. Bring back to our minds things that you have spoken that we dropped along the wayside or forgot about. Bring those things to our minds quickly. Let every hardened heart be softened now in the name of Jesus, that things that were once rocky are made fertile soil for your seeds of life. And let a fullness of a harvest of destiny be produced now to every viewer under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, guys, oh, did this bless you? This has been a good podcast. Honestly, this, this, this is one where if we take it yeah. and run with it, yeah. like it'll, it'll change destiny. So this, is, this is an important one. So make, do us a favor. Share this broadcast. If, you, if you're like, I need to go back and watch this again, do it. Yeah. And, uh, don't be like, I need to, and then never do it. Amen. Do it. Because um, faith comes by hearing. And hearing, hearing. by the word. Yeah. Hearing and hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God, the rhema, a live word of God. So, yeah. so we want to encourage you guys, uh, watch it again, spread the word, share this broadcast. If there's someone you know that needs to listen to this, share this with them, uh, get this word out, yeah. uh, send it on Facebook. Cause someone could go, could be thinking today, man, like how do I just get this word to work? And then all of a sudden they're scrolling through Facebook and a thumbnail pops up that says, right. how to get the word to work. And, yeah. and you're like. And they'll be like, oh, that's what I've been asking for. Click, oh, now my life's so much better. Thank you so much for sharing the broadcast. That might not be, you know, the inflection of their voice when they say it, but it could be. I don't know. Anyway, um, and honestly, uh, you know, we sow this word into you guys. Um, did you have anything to say before? Um, we sow this word into you guys, and one of the ways that you can sow this broadcast or sow into this broadcast is by sharing the broadcast. Um, but another way that you can uh, sow into this word is, uh, through uh, your giving. Um, obviously, in everything that we've been talking about, it's all done in him. Yeah. It's, he's the source. He gets the glory. He's the author. He's the perfecter. He's the supplier of the seed to sown, and he supplies the fruit that abounds. So it's all in him. So um, so as you are look, as we are making it available for you to sow, because we don't take an offering. We're not taking anything. Right. Uh, we're receiving an offering for those who the Lord prompts in their spirit to to give and to sow. So if the Lord's instructing you to sow, whatever amount He tells you to sow, um, that's really this is really the only thing we ask is just do what the Lord tells you to do. Nothing more, nothing right. less. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. And and as you are sowing, um, we want to bless that seed. We want to bless every seed sown as we receive it into this good soil. Um, we want to be like Paul says. You know, I don't just desire the gift. I desire the fruit that abounds to your account. That's right. our heart. And that's why we give you this opportunity to sow because we desire to see fruit abound to your account. <laughs> that's, that's the purpose. If we don't do this, where's the fruit? You know, because if we don't give you an opportunity to sow, we're, we're keeping you from receiving that fruit. So um, that's why we give you this opportunity. So with all that being said, uh, let's pray. Bless. The Amen. Lord, thank you for every yeah. person who is partnering with this word today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I call every single person under the sound of my voice who and who would give in the future, blessed be yeah. every sower now in the name of Jesus. They are sowing into you, not a ministry. They're sowing into the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How could they not be blessed you never allow your children to out-honor you. So, Father, in the name, I call for every seed of honor today to be blessed mightily, pressed down, shaken together, running over back into their accounts. Let them be a living testimony, just like the Queen of Sheba had her breath taken away because of the glory of God Lord, let that be testimonies of others when they view us awed and inspired by what God has done in our lives. Let us be vessels to be blessed and to be a blessing. Lord, blessed, 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 
blessed, blessed, blessed, blessed, blessed, blessed, blessed, blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being on with us today, guys. We will be back on Monday at 1130. But yeah. right now, even though we're coming to a close here today, you can click through any of our other videos. We have literally hundreds that are designed to help your faith grow, to help you look more and more like Jesus. And I'd recommend going back to some of the ones that are more recent because they've been fire, phenomenal. Go back and listen to Wednesday's message on I had a vision from God. Go watch that. Let that get in you. But that's all that we had today. We're mm-hmm. going to be back next week. We love you and be blessed. That's all, folks. <laughs> Bye. She did the outro. <laughs> I don't. Goodbye. Have a blessed day. And <laughs> encourage others to pursue Jesus at all costs because he's coming soon. We'll see you Monday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>